0: Big red bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.
1: With Sure 72 hour non stop protection tested to the limits. Sure,
2: it won't let you down. you're very welcome along to the big red bench this Sunday phew Kerry just about getting over the line against Derry in the All-Ireland senior football semi-final they go on to play Dublin commiserations to Rory Uh, Rory's a lot of Derry connections uh, so uh, commiser not really I don't really care Uh, coming up we have reaction to Cork's draw in the under 16 LGFA All-Ireland final in Ishikara and Ballygiblin ahead of this year's Hurling Championships Martin Adams is the chairman of the 4-4th And tells us about this year's event Mark McCarthy talks to us About the Premier League Legends game In aid of Marymount And we have the legend Handsome Bob Donovan On his newfound fame On the Overlap and Tour All of that between here and seven You're listening to The Big Red Bench with sure 72-hour non-stop protection here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock. And uh, yeah, I'm a bit. I'm a relieved man, but I'm a, a happy carry man uh, this evening after uh, the kingdom overcame a really tough test from Derry in that All Ireland semi-final. Uh, let's hear all about it. They've beaten Derry by two points in the second of this year's Senior Football Championship semi-finals. Ashling O'Reilly was at Croke Park and has this report.
3: Full-time
4: here in Crow Park and it's Kerry who are through to the All-Ireland Championship final. It finished Kerry 117 Derry 115. It was Derry who led by three points on the break. Goals in the first half from Derry's Garrett McKinless and Kerry's Gavin White. With 47 minutes gone Sean O'Shea leveled the game, one twelve apiece with a score from play. Garrett McKinless had a goal chance that was brilliantly saved by Kerry keeper Shane Ryan and Shane McGuigan then kicked Derry into a two-point lead with 59 minutes gone in the clock but 2 for Three in from close range for Kerry level the game on 114 apiece with 68 minutes played. Then for the first time in the game, Stephen O'Brien put Kerry in front followed by one from play for David Clipper to give them a two-point lead. Shane McGuigan had a free at the end to drop it into the square for a last chance at a goal, but it had too much on it and went over the bar. It is Kerry versus Dublin in an All-Ireland Championship final in two weeks' time.
2: Yeah, Stephen O'Brien, I mean, after all these years for him to come on and be the difference maker again, like, he's, he's, he's been some servant in a Kerry jersey. Uh, you'll have to forgive me now, this indulgence of, of uh, Kerry stuff here for for a couple of minutes at the start, but, like, incredible for him to come on. Like, 2019 was four years ago, and it felt like that was his um, almost uh, Indian summer at that stage because he had so many injuries and he was always, you know, that that impact player and, you know, his build as well. A lot of players like him, Get hamstring injuries, and we, you know, Darnell Sullivan before that, who had a similar sort of career where he just got a lot of injuries. But to come back, like to, I was at the 2019 Ireland final that year, he was huge for us, and his injury concerns were a big part. Four years later, to come on today and make a difference in such a intense game, and Derry, to be fair to them, I mean, they they played. Total opposite to the way they played against Cork in that in that quarter final, they went hell for leather after five minutes. I was, I mean, it was there. We were there. We heard from Jack O'Connor in last night's show, and I was there inside in the pavilion in Aston Stack Park with him uh, last Monday, and he said, "Oh, they weren't expecting a classic. By God, after five minutes, it was probably the best game that was played all year <laughs> in the football championship. Really brilliant game." And uh, I was. I was never really that worried maybe a small bit at times um, but after they got through that period of the sin bin with, with Dermot O'Connor um, and you know they were still in touch three points down at half time I was confident that they were going to get themselves back into the game and the minute they got in front I knew that was probably it they could have just put a ball over the bar to make it four points towards the end like I made things a lot easier on themselves but the referee should have blown the whistle up anyway after that play petered out 75 minutes gone a minute over the four he allotted and it went down at Derry player uh, it was uh, the goal scorer wasn't it uh, for Derry that picked up that injury Um, so you know if he'd just blown the whistle that injury wouldn't have happened and then um, McGuigan just got his I don't know he got it totally wrong put it over the bar and uh, that was that uh, but yeah I'm a very happy man um, the Corbin Razor today uh, saw New York beat Kilkenny 13 points to 112 in the Junior All-Ireland Final Kilkenny actually being managed by uh, a man from Kilmiley in Kerry he's uh, Christy O'Connor he's actually the man who himself and his brother Joe they're, they're the two guys who got John Myler involved in Kilmiley uh, a good few years ago so he was in charge of the Kilkenny footballers they won that title last year against New York so New York got their revenge this year Dublin are into the last four of the TG Cajar All-Ireland Ladies Senior Football Championship That's after they enjoyed a three twelve to 6-point win over Donegal in Ballybuffet Kate Sullivan scored two of the goals with Sinead Horn also finding the back of the net for the girls in blue They'll face Cork next while the other last four contests will see Kerry take on Mayo Kerry of course knocking out the All-Ireland Champions Meath last night So a big test for Cork against Dublin um, into the semi-final and uh, I, I would I would love to see a Cork and Kerry final in the ladies uh, it would be great crack uh, particularly for me I suppose working here and stuff uh, so yeah it would be great to see Cork and Kerry in the final there uh, Rory McIlroy won the Scottish Open for the very first time today at the Renaissance Club he finished up on 15 under par one clear of Scotland's Robert McIntyre the win comes a week out from the Open at Liverpool of course Shane Lowry finished up in a tie for 12th place and 7 under par while Tom McKibben was 4 under with project Carrington a shot further back on three under par the men's uh, finals at Wimbledon uh, Carlos Alcarez took the two middle sets but it is now two sets apiece Novak Djokovic has taken the fourth set 6-3 they've just gone over to the seats now after that set it looked like Alcaraz really had Djokovic on the ropes there it was just about keeping an eye on it during the the Kerry Derry game Um, obviously um, Alcaraz going for his first title at Wimbledon Djokovic going for his eighth he's looking for 24th uh, career Grand Slam title Alcaraz has never won a major on grass so uh, I'll be Interesting to see there and as well some big news in the world of Manchester United Uh, they've confirmed that they will well they haven't confirmed Harry Maguire has confirmed that Manchester United will have a new captain for next season Uh, he's revealed on social media that he's been stripped of the captaincy by manager Eric Ten Hag the centre back said he was extremely disappointed but that he will give his full support to whoever takes on the armband I would suggest he mightn't be there um, because uh, it was rumoured and I called this during the week that the minute West Ham get some of that Declan Rice money you know we'll give you we'll give you Maguire for 20 million and a bag of chips to be honest uh, so Maguire to West Ham I think would be a really good move for him and uh, I think a lot of United fans will be happy to see the back of him as well I look harsh on him I suppose but he should never have been given the captaincy in the first place anyway first day he came in the door he got the captaincy so uh, I presume Bruno Fernandes is the favourite to take that mantle up all right, um, for, as for the Cork under 16 ladies footballers, let's get into that. Uh, it ended in a draw in Clara. Cork were taking on Cavan in the clash. It ended 12 points to 1 9. The game goes to a replay. Jerry McCarthy, of course, was there for us and he spoke to the Cork manager, Kieran O'Shea, afterwards.
5: Kieran uh, O'Shea. Um You've drawn today's all Ireland under 16 LGFA final with Cavan following a late-late point from Evo Donovan, a cracking finale to what was a very tight game throughout. What's your immediate reaction and the
6: fact that you now go to a replay? Uh, I suppose, look, it, it was a fantastic game. Um, we were two points up there at the end and we, we there was a circle-punch goal and you know we were back to the wall, but I always had belief in this group and I knew with this team would get back down one more chance, which we did, and, and fair save, and the fierce pressure, she stuck it over the bar. Um, so look, we'll, um, we'll reset, we'll we we'll regroup and Friday week we'll go again and we'll be um, looking for, looking forward to the challenge. Um, difficult conditions even though the sun is splitting the stones as soon as the final whistle goes but there was a lot of heavy rain, a heavy pitch, wasn't easy out there today? No, no, in fairness the, the pitch was very heavy right um, and look it, you could see there in the girls in both sides like it, it was taking a lot out of the legs but uh, look hopefully now there'll be a new venue now in a couple of weeks time Friday week and we'll go again and we'll be looking forward to it. Was that your toughest game of the season so far? I
5: mean this is a really talented uh, Cavan team, You've talented team too and when you had to answer questions deep deep into a game in another final you answered them
6: yeah we were we were under no illusions coming up here today we knew the the mammoth task that faced us Um, look Kevin they've they've, uh, won also very very easy they've they won the semi-final by six points against a very, very strong male team. So we were under no illusions group here today. Um, but look, we've good belief in this group, and and fairness. And when they when it really mattered there today, they they went down the field and got that point. Uh, I know it's probably a very exciting game for the neutrals, but uh, you good. know, uh, at the end of the day, look, we're delighted to be back in with another chance in the Ireland two weeks time. Um, how much will this game have brought you on,
5: Kieran? Because you know, when it comes to training before all Ireland, they're tough, they're tight. But you're watching yourself as well. You want to be fit. A game like that today, and like on such a Tough ground as well, and the way your players performed—I mean, that's really going to bring them up another notch.
6: Ah, uh, yeah, like it's—it's. It's, I said before, you know, you can be playing challenge masters in training, way and you're, you don't really know how how we are going. A game like this brings you on. It's worth like ten training sessions. Uh, and the girls, look, we knew we were going to be battle there today, and and so did Kevin. And look, it is a fantastic game, a great game for ladies football. And look, we'll be ready to go again in two weeks time. That's the luck. We'll be there with you. Thanks, sir. Yeah, excellent stuff.
2: They live to fight another day and, uh... Brilliant that they have a replay. Um, you know, everything is finished on the day you now. Replay is a guy actually text Jar and I was like, A replay What what's that again? Um, it's been so long you now since I've heard of a game going to replay. Only yesterday I was watching a penalty shootout being taken in Austin Stack Park in the Kerry Hurling Championship. Um, it just shows you, you know, and they had to take that penalty shoot up because the semi finals at the hurling championship are next weekend. So, you know, they couldn't go to replay unless they were going to play Wednesday night and uh, three games in the space of so uh, seven days in a championship I don't think is much good for player welfare that everybody likes to, to go on about uh, so it's great to see that they have a replay and they go again um, so for, for both it's a player's probably especially for the Cork uh, players as well hopefully they they can uh, on the second time of asking go and achieve All-Ireland glory alright Inescara won their first final in almost two decades as they defeated Castle Martyr in the Premier Intermediate Hurling Championship final in a replay last year Dylan has been speaking to Liam Ryan of Innescara at the launch of the Co-op Superstore's Hurling Championship. I
7: so suppose just to kick things off, uh, I, I was here last year when you beat Castle Marter in the, the final, and what we were going through, th- you're going through your head, I suppose,
8: was the final minute scoring a goal in the last second to win a country. I suppose, like, my thoughts was in the backline, they went up two points, and when they got to the score, I remember it over there, there was, you could see all the Castle Marter, your kids lining up along the barrier to run onto the pitch really and I kind of hit jeez have we lost it here and tried to go up then and we got to 65 and I trapped in and it was kind of hopping around inside and I was just standing there watching it go and the minute columns ball went into the back and net, was just run back because he said run back and turn around and see this out we're on top now and I was running back the pitch and the ref blew the whistle and they nearly missed it with all the roaring from the goal and I said why are the lads jumping up and roaring and I realised we won it and it was just ecstasy then and When did run. it sink in the you won the county because it was quite a, probably the most dramatic way you could possibly win a game It was very dramatic I suppose like didn't really sink in until we got back to Innescara and we were in the community centre and we were up on the stage, and it looked, what it looked like to us was the whole parish was out in front of us and the kids' family, and that's kind of when it sunk in that they'd all come here to see us w- after winning. And it kind of really sunk in then. And that's when Joe we said, There are the memories, the last you 2 seeing the place packed out and us on stage. So it really sank in when we got back to the parish and seen there was bonfires on the way up. And it started to sink in then that we'd won it. And I uh, suppose, how are you feel with the step up now this year? It's good, as I said, it's first time for us stepping up to the senior grade, so there's a big big step up and at the start of the year we knew that so instead the management put plans in place to get up conditioning fitness license. and we tried committed to that so it's a big step up we're looking forward to the challenge and we have a very young team so if we can progress going through we're Joe we're looking forward to now and seeing what we can do up in a the higher grade.
7: And um, the draws with them the group, see Bright Rovers, the Sheikh, and I think the fourth um Killer.
8: Killer Killer. So tough, tough group. Tough group. I said look, Killer run lucky last year with the two finalists in their group. They of course they fought and Neil so they're tough. It's like Sheikhs are just down from Premier Senior, they want to go straight back up. And Bright Rovers has been very competitive this grade too, so I said it's a tough group, but we're looking forward to the challenge. He said You can't do anything about the draw, so all you can do is head down and say that it is one game at a time. So all our temperature focus is on the 4th of August, the Friday night against killer So I said a tough group, but we're looking forward, to it, and it's game by game.
7: And uh, I suppose it's quite what's probably most important, Fizul, well is or is this important? Like when you're driving towards West Cork, you're probably one of the last few proper hurling clubs when you go that
8: direction. Yourselves Bandon There's a few. I said work kind of venting. So you'd have to dove before you hit back for. McCroom and stuff, and we so we're playing Musgrave football, so you don't realise how big the parish is till you start playing the football and you see the likes of Ballinkeery and Heen and McCroom and stuff. So it so is a long way down too, with no hurling. But they said we're still close to the city. There's a hurling stronghold between us of be Blarney, Ballincollig, Cladove. They're all around the us too. So it is a strong hurling pocket run too. So nice, good. Thanks very
2: much for this. Yeah, great stuff there. <clears throat> Dylan O'Connell speaking to Innes Garda's Liam Ryan and uh, he also caught up with Ballygiblin's Shane Best and it's been an incredible couple of years for Ballygiblin. They followed up their junior hurling championship win over Tracton with an All Ireland title, beating East of Sligo in Croke Park back in January and of course... The year before that, they, they lost the, the junior final, uh, to Moonkine, wasn't it? I was there on the day, um, and, uh, yeah, Bally Giblin, um, have been a really good news story for Cork Carling and obviously Mark Keane was a huge player in all of that. He's over in Australia at the moment, um, and Shane Beston as well, I must say, is, has been fantastic for Belly Giblin. I've been to a good few of their games. I've covered a, a, good few of them, um, I even covered their Munster semi-final, uh, against, you <laughs> Colligan Award for there last year uh, for, for Monster GATV and uh, they, they won really well that day and uh, yeah uh, Shane Beston I think had a wedding as well in the middle of all of it last year uh, so it's uh, they're certainly on a high let's hear uh, Shane Beston's thoughts with Dylan I
7: just want to kick things off uh, I suppose it's been a quite a long year for yourself winning All-Ireland in January now you're back I suppose have you taken a second
9: to look back over the last 12 right, months uh, yeah. Yeah, like yeah we obviously enjoyed ourselves for uh, a few weeks after winning All-Ireland and uh, Took a bit of a break as well. We get using the of that we only went back on the field in um, our March-April time. end of March, start to April, so we had a nice break and recharged the batteries. And I suppose now we're looking forward to the intermediate championship with somewhere where the club have never been before. So um, we're knocking down now over the last couple of weeks, and hopefully we we'll give a good account ourselves in the intermediate championship. Now and the
7: of the is that very sense of pressure with itself? Have you never played at that level, or is it I suppose a bit of fr-
9: gives you a bit of freedom? Um, yeah, I think it does. Like gives a bit. Of- Freedoms, fans Like the, we're the type of a group that doesn't really feel that much pressure on it. Really, I suppose we've gathered a lot of experience over the last couple of years, getting to do our finals. So um, I suppose we're looking forward to the challenge. I you know, it's a, it's a grade up. The hurling is going to be that bit quicker and tougher. So uh, we're really looking forward to the challenge. Hopefully, we'll be able to give a good account of ourselves and be competitive.
7: And when the draw was made then you've Middleton Douglas and Clodagh is it? Yeah. It's uh, what was your first talk when you saw the group made up then? Yeah, it's tough
9: because like as I said, you don't really we we played Middleton and, and Cladove in the league I think it was a good beating so um, we know it's going to be tough and Cladove got to the final last year so we knew it was going to be a, a really competitive group which every group is at this stage when there's only 12 teams in it but um, no we're looking forward to it we've had a good couple of weeks training now so um, we'll drive it on for the next, next few weeks and see where it brings us I know you had a mixed run in the league you think there's to take from that going to the championship? Yeah we had a tough league um, just not getting away from that we struggled a bit um, not making excuses or anything but we had, we had a few injuries fellas travelling and and that but um, on the other flip side of it I suppose we got minutes into young fellas who might have played if everyone was around and that injured and stuff so um, hopefully that will strengthen the panel going forward but um, we still we still got a bit, of, a bit out of it um, good competitive games against there was a few premier intermedia teams, teams in it so um, we got a, lot, a good bit out of it I know the results probably didn't go our way but uh, we learned a lot and hopefully we'll be able to take those earnings going into the championship in a few weeks that's the thing though
7: Like sometimes it, could be, it could be a bad loss but a good loss same
9: time, yeah, that's it. Um, we kind of tried to take the uh, yeah, like I said, we tried to take the positives out of the league, really. Like, I know the results might have been there, mightn't have been there, but there was some good performances, so um, we'll hopefully take bits out of every game and hopefully that will just come right for the championship now in a few weeks' time. Oh, brilliant, thanks for that. No
2: yeah, excellent stuff, Dylan O'Connell, there at the launch of the Co op Superstores Premier Senior Hurling Championship. Alright, um, Cork City struggled to a 3-0, in, 3-0 loss last night away to Sligo Rovers in the Premier Division of the League of Ireland. The result leaves the Rebel Army in the relegation playoff place and five points off Drogheda United, who are a place above. Uh, however, the results today I don't think um, takes much place in anyone's thoughts. Um, obviously, we've heard this afternoon the awful news that Kieran Keating, father of Cork City player Rory, lost his life in a car crash on his way to watch the match and uh, just incredibly sad and all of our thoughts are with Rory and his family at such a difficult time. Um, we're going to talk cycling now and the annual 4-4 to 4 charity cycle takes place on Saturday July 29th now in its, tw- in its 12th year the fundraiser will raise vital funds for the Mercy University Hospital Foundation and the four Cork City and County Lions Clubs in Cork, Carrigaline, Cove and Bishopstown. Over 4,000 cyclists have taken part in the event since its inception raising over 350,000 for the local beneficiaries. Martin Adam is the chairman of the 4-4th. He's been speaking with Rory
1: OK the 4 to 4 charity cycle is taking place in just about two weeks time Saturday the 29th of July I'm delighted to be joined by the chairman of 4 to 4 to Mr Martin Adams Martin how are you sir?
0: I'm good thanks thanks for this opportunity to um, provide details of the 4 to 4 yeah and thanks um, very
1: much for coming in um, first off new date this year it's, it used to be a little bit later in the year but you moved it into the summer I'd imagine to take advantage of the better weather
0: yeah so Originally, we used to have the fault to in April. And then obviously COVID uh, happened and um, we had to cancel it for one year. And then we moved it to the October bank holiday, uh, which wasn't really conducive to cycling. Yeah. Um, but we still <laughs> ran it's it. <laughs> it was kind of wet and windy for a few of those. Yeah. So now we've been able to move it back to the 29th of July, which is perfect. And hopefully the weather will stay... <laughs> nice to us yeah. and calm to us and um, and everyone will enjoy it
1: how did you find getting back up and running after covid and getting back into the swing and things after that
0: um we get a lot of support for the for the cycle anyway and like to be honest what we found is with the covid a lot of people actually started taking up cycling mm. so you know you've got a, a big um uh, upsurge in people that are interested in taking out taking on these uh, sportifs the um the cycle itself is obviously a charity fun cycle. It's not a um it, it's not a race. Mm-hmm. And we try and uh, cater for everyone. So like this year we've got a couch to 40k. So we've got a a um couch to 40k um route. We've got a 60k route, we've got an 85k route and we've got a 120 route for the experienced cyclists. Yeah. So hopefully fun day Everyone enjoys it. There's something for everyone there.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean about kind of the uptick of... um Cyclist during COVID, I started running during COVID as well, just to kind of basically yeah. get out of the house. To be honest about it, but you've obviously noticed that a lot more people taking up cycling and and the benefits that they get from it.
0: Absolutely, I mean, like it's a good thing, you know. We've all got to keep moving and keep fits and everything. And as I say, even the casual cyclist can just do the forty k and they'll mm. enjoy the day, you know. So
1: forty k sounds pretty daunting to me. <laughs> that's the only thing. Um, I mean, like you, you've launched it already. I mean, like you had Rory Best, a genuine Irish legend, on hand to help launch it, which must have been very exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was great, actually. And we'd just like to thank Rory for his time. So um, he was doing he was just off from his um, miles to Mayo walk. And that's all for um, cancer charity as well. So that's for the Daisy Lodge. So this kind of fitted in nicely for him. So obviously the main beneficiary of the fault to fault is the Mercy Cancer Foundation. And you know, the work has commenced with the um, Cancer Care Centre and that's partly because of all the funds that we've raised mm-hmm. um, from the fault to fault over the years. Effectively we've raised over €350,000 wow. on the fault to fault. Some of the money goes to the four Lions Clubs, so there's four lines Clubs involved in running this. There's the Cork Lions Club, the Carrigaline Lions Club, uh, Bishopstown and Cove. So We all get together and effectively manage it, uh, and we steward it, and so all the volunteers from the Lions Clubs and everything We'll actually provide major stewarding on the day, so there's no issue in getting lost or trying to find <laughs> where you're going. And things like that. It should be well represented all yeah. the way around every every course.
1: That's something I wanted to ask you about, was I suppose the logistics of organising something like this, because i imagine it is a massive undertaking. It is, and like
0: realistically, we'll have a debrief after the event. We'll have a debrief after about like three weeks after the event, and then we'll start again for 2024. Mm-hmm. So it's just a rolling circle. So, you know, we have the template. It's been running for 12 years now. Mm. So, like, the first couple of years uh, were difficult because obviously you've got teething problems, it's a new event, and um, you're just getting to grips with exactly what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally we started and finished in a different location which was even more difficult whereas now at least we start at Camden Fort Meager in Crosshaven and it will actually finish in Camden Fort Meager and Crosshaven mm. so there's parking available in the, um, in the Camden Fort, in the GAA and the soccer clubs. There's registration there on the day if people want to register mm-hmm. on the day. Uh, there's showers available. There's tea and coffee there before you start off. And also when you come back, everyone, every cyclist will get a gift. And there's tea and coffee and water and bars when mm-hmm. they finish as well. Have you been involved for all the 12 years? I have, yeah. yeah. I, I took a sabbatical for about two or three years, <laughs> but apart from that, I came back, you know, so yeah. I was there at the start, and, I, and I'm, st- I'm still here.
1: So. <laughs> and what are the major changes, I suppose, now, from, I suppose, when it started 12 years ago to now, I imagine it's a, it's a much bigger organisation, a much bigger event now. Yeah, it's a lot bigger event, and
0: the logistics are a lot easier, because we used to start, actually, in mm.
1: Uh
0: So we used to start in Tribolgan, because that was where full Carlisle this yeah. is the whole idea of the Fort foot yeah, yeah with the Fort Carlisle and then finish in Fort Camden and we actually had cycling island in when we first started and they said you're mad <laughs> to start and finish in a different location yeah, yeah. so we used to have to try and uh, lay on buses to bus people back to Fort to <laughs> to yeah, yeah. to get their cars yeah. so it was a logistical nightmare but it's you know it's grown throughout the years we've improved it uh, we tweaked it a bit we try and changed the routes a couple of times because... Mm. Nobody wants to do the same route over and over again. Uh, like we get massive support every year, which is which is mm. fantastic, you
1: know. And as you mentioned, you've raised an incredible amount of money over three hundred and fifty thousand euro, um, which I suppose must have been beyond your wildest dreams when you started out.
0: Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, we had we were realistic at the start, and we thought, okay, we've, if we can raise money, great. But like, we never envisaged that we'd get get to this level, and we'll just keep on doing it. So. As I say, like the Mercy Foundation is the major contributor, but also the four Lions Clubs mm. actually get um, funding from this as well. And obviously, as a lot of people may know, the Lions Clubs, all the money stays local. So we give money to local charities and people in need locally, mm-hmm. and it stays in the community.
1: Yeah. And this year as well, you made a, a kind of a conscious effort to, to make the race a bit more sustainable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, we've got um, the the gifts are um, biodegradable and things like that. So it's it's we're all going in that direction. So we need to do that anyway. So you know, it, it's a good move on our behalf.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, can you talk to us about the route? I suppose the the exact route it takes.
0: Yeah. So. There's four routes, really. So if if you're a casual cyclist and you want to do the 40K, you start off in Fort camden Meager mm. in Crosshaven. You basically go down the hill um, and then on to Monkstown. And then you stop in Monkstown. There's a cup of coffee and a bite to eat there, and then they cycle back to, um, to Fort Camden. Mm. So on the 60s, the 85s, and the 120s, they will all go down to the Cross River Ferry... Um, and I was saying to someone the other day look if you break it up if you're doing the 60 Mm. you've got like say 20k down to the ferry you have a rest on the ferry you get off the other side and then there's a small loop around Fota and you stop in Bramley Mm. for something to eat and a drink so that's another say 20k and then back to the ferry where you have a rest again and then back up to Formiga so if you break it up like that it's not Not that much 85s go a bit further they would go up to Middleton and down to the East Ferry Link and then back up to Middleton. And then the serious cyclists, the 120s, mm. they would go all the way down to Whitegate. Yeah. And um, the the 120s are really the ones with the elevation. Mm. You know, a lot of the, the the 60s, the 85s and the 40s, the, uh, the route is relatively flat. Right. Whereas the 120s, obviously, there's a big climb out of Whitegate, mm. uh, and they'll do the East Ferry Loop, and then they'll stop in Bramley. So, if anyone's worried about like elevation on these things, even if you're doing the 40k, realistically, the only elevation you've got is going back up to Fort Camden when you get mm. to the end in in Crosshaven. Mm, yeah.
1: And if you want to do like the 40k race, if you're listening to this, do you need like a decent bike, obviously, to go go and compete Not really. And it, when you're in shed,
0: can that do? And we'll take e-bikes as well. Like if someone wants to do it and, uh, and they want to do it on an electric bike, there's no issue. Mm. There's, it's it's a fun cycle. It's a not a yeah, it's yeah. not a race. So we'll take all comers.
1: <laughs> are you uh, are you cycling yourself, or you'll be too busy organising? I am.
0: I yeah. am. I'm going to. It's going to be a very busy day for me because I'll probably be down in Fort Camden at about half seven in the morning. Yeah. And I'm only doing 60k. Is
1: that all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> this year. So and then hopefully start and finish and yeah. then um, you know there's a medal for everyone when they finish yeah. and there's welcome back and all the rest yeah, of it yeah. and there are showers and things in the in the um, sports facilities if anyone needs a shower before they head off home you know
1: so you're obviously a keen cyclist when did your love affair with the
0: sport start um, my kind of love affair started when I got involved in the fault to fault actually really? So, like, I I would have done a little bit, but nothing major. And then I stewarded on the fault-to-fault for a couple of years, and I thought, do you know what? Why don't I do this? (laughs) So I actually got a bike-on-the-cycle-to-work scheme, and um, the next year off I went
1: on the (laughs) fault-to-fault. That was it. That's it. That (laughs) That was it, yes. So has it become an obsession since, or...? Um, or is it just? just yeah, ago. it
0: is. A, it, it's not really an obsession, but it's it's good to get out and do a few miles or kilometres, and mm. uh, you know, just keep fit. Really, clear and keep the head. To, clear the yeah, head as exactly. well,
1: which is yeah. the Most important part. Um, so, Martin, if people want to get involved, if people want to to enter the race. How do they go about doing okay. it? Okay, so they
0: can go on to the Mercy Hospital Foundation website, which mm-hmm. is MercyHospitalFoundation.ie, and there's details of all the routes on the website Mm -hmm. and there's actually a registration Right, Mm -hmm. so if they decide to register before the race it's 50 euros Okay, if they decide you can actually register on the day um, but we're advising people we're only taking cash only on the day and it's 55 Mm -hmm. euros we prefer people to register before the event once you register you've got two ways of actually checking in so the Radisson in Little Island will be available from about half past four to about eight o'clock on the Friday evening, mm-hmm. so people can go along get their get their gift uh, register, and then turn up and ready to go on the Saturday, or they can register on the saturday morning the The registration or the the check in will be open from around about quarter to eight mm-hmm. so the event starts at nine thirty. And there'll be kind of staggered start. So like, you know, the the different um obviously the one hundred twenties go off first and then there'll be a staggered start after that.
1: Exactly. And I think you'd have know, about over four hundred cyclists last year, so yeah. hopefully you'd be exactly. the time of the year you hope to, to improve that. Hopefully. Extension.
0: I mean, you know, it's better in July, so um <laughs> you know hopefully the weather holds out and and we'll have a great event (laughs) fingers crossed Martin. it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today sir and thanks very much for coming thanks very much can i just mention one thing Mm -hmm. can i just mention our sponsors Mm -hmm. um it's very important that obviously a lot of people have sponsored the event, the companies and everything and i'd just like to thank them for their sponsorship because without that um, we can't really run the event. Mm. So I'd just like to thank them. And all the sponsors, um, the sponsors of the event are actually on the Mercy Foundation website as well. Excellent. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Excellent stuff. Martin Adams there with Rory. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz is three games to one up a Novak Djokovic in the fifth and deciding set in the men's singles Wimbledon final. Alcaraz actually just had a fantastic break. To make it two-one, and then in the space of maybe two minutes, uh, won the next set or won the next game on his serve. So he's leading three-one in the final set. All right, we're going to go for a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear from handsome Bob Donovan.
0: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. For Red FM
1: with Sure seventy two hour non stop protection tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down.
0: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The
2: Big Red Bench. You're very welcome back to The Big Red Bench with sure 72-hour non-stop protection. It's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock. All right, the Premier League All-Stars charity match takes place next Sunday, the 23rd of July at Musgrave Park from 2pm. It's all in aid of Marymount Cork. And I spoke to Mark McCarthy ahead of The Big One. All right, Mark McCarthy is on the line now to look ahead to a fantastic event and fundraiser in aid of Marymount. Mark, uh, thanks a for joining us on the big red bench. All good, Aidan, thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us then, the 23rd of July, uh, Sunday week, or next Sunday, I suppose, as we have it now, uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow week, week yeah. yeah. uh is the uh, Premier League All Stars charity match at Musgrave Park. Fantastic venue. As Sounds like it's going to be a fantastic match, and of course, it's in aid of a fantastic cause as well.
10: Oh yeah, Marymount Hospice. Last year I, I did something similar with the uh, ex-Man United Legends versus ex-Cork City Legends. This year there's a bit of a twist. We're having ex Premier League Legends. You have the likes of John Beresford and Steve Howie from Newcastle, Phil Bairds, Lee Russell Bairds more uh, from ex-Man United players. You have David Thompson from Liverpool. You have our own Damien Delaney who was with Crystal Palace but he was also with Cox City. So he could be playing either or, we don't know yet. You have ex-Cork City legends, then you have Joey Gamble, John O'Flynn, Garrod Morrissey, Danny Murphy, Alan Bennett, the list goes on. There's a few guests there, as we have Spike O'Sullivan. And from Cove Rambros, we have handsome Bob, Bobby Donovan. He's all over the news lately.
2: <laughs> he's, he's had the bigger bench as well this evening, yeah. <laughs> he, <is. laughs> he should be the main celebrity at this stage. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Oh, it, sounds like a, it sounds like a brilliant, brilliant... Uh, Day out, and uh, obviously we will encourage everyone to get down there. But um, it must be great for you to be involved in, in organising these things and setting it up. You must have some, uh, you must have some list of contacts built up at this stage. Oh, it is, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of effort goes into it. But at the end of
10: the day, like last year after, afterwards, it was unreal to look back at it. There was a crowd of over fifteen hundred to two thousand people at it. We raised over twenty thousand for Marymount last year. It was unreal. Everything went right, and we're hoping now oh, this year we can go again and raise something anything at all will help Mary out like nearly everyone in Cork has a connection or know someone with a connection around it's a great hospice and look at the end of the day it is for Mary but it's a great family day out like we're going to have mascots before the game we have everything from talker the soccer club they're falling most of half time. we're going to have their underage academy uh, playing a half time it's going to be a great family
2: day out like so just if the rain stays away now and we would try to be a great day out Mosgrave Park as well, brilliant venue and uh, the pitch as well obviously yeah. lends itself really well to something like this, doesn't it? Um, it does. So, nice
10: if we have the rain. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. so
2: uh, all credit to them as well for, for working with you and, uh, and putting it on there.
10: Uh, look, they walked away, the minute I approached them, they were lovely lads down there and they all helped out as much as they can, even the referees and fourth officials and all them, they're all, everyone's coming to help, they're all doing it in in their own back, helping us for Marymount, Like so we're looking to have a great day out again.
2: Like you said, Marymount is a, is a very special um, organisation and, and a very special place. And like you said, so many people have connections there and uh, you just be encouraging everyone to get down there. And um, I think it's uh, in Cork, especially something like this uh, really connects to everyone, whether there's an interest in in sport or not. Um, it's uh, sure to be a good doubt. Oh yeah, as I say, like it's a family day, really, because you have the kids on you. Have
10: people looking for Cork City, you have people looking at ex Premier League players. You have an older generation that would know a lot of the Premier League players, not as much as the younger generation, but they'd be pulled in for the Cork City team. So you could have a mixture of everyone and anyone down there. And like, if anyone's looking for tickets, it's on event price. There you can just type it in, you get your tickets for fifteen or for an adult, or under sixteen for a five or so. Like it's not a dear event either to attend. Like it's uh, quite uh, easily priced tickets.
2: Uh, so hopefully now we'll get a nice crowd there Absolutely, it all kicks off next Sunday the 23rd of July at 2pm in Musgrave Park the Premier League All-Stars charity match in aid of Marymount uh, Mark, uh, the very best of luck with it, it sounds like it's going to be a fantastic day and uh, hopefully you get uh, as much as you can out of it as well in aid of Marymount
10: yeah. At the end of the day it is all for Marymount we try to raise as
2: much as we can so we hope for a good day when everyone will enjoy it we'll take from there Aidan, thanks very much for having me Yeah, thanks to Mark McCarthy and the very best of luck there. All right, let's finish off now by hearing from Cork's rising star. It's handsome Bob Donovan. Uh, If anyone has watched the Overlap on Tour recently, they'll have seen him on it. Uh, It seemed like really good crack, and here he's going to tell us all about it. All right, I'm delighted to be joined by Cove Ramblers ambassador, Cork football legend, and star of the Overlap on Tour with Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher and Roy Keane. It's handsome Bob O'Donovan. Bob, thanks a minute for joining us on the Big Red Bench.
3: no, welcome Aidan, thanks very much indeed, no problem, um, it's nice to be on. How's life going for you
2: as a TV star these days?
3: <laughs> well, as a t- I don't know about being a TV star, but life is good, you know, life is good at the moment Aidan. Everything went. Everything is going well for me, you know, um, the people that are close to me are all good, you know, and, and health and happiness is all you look for.
2: Absolutely. It, it seemed it seemed like great crack when when the lads called in to St Colman's. There, obviously, uh, Roy visits he as much as he can. But to have Gary and Jamie as well over, it must have been great to have that exposure for the club as well, uh, which is fantastic on the show.
3: Oh, it was brilliant to have the lads below on Cove, you know. And um, you know, on the day, the day couldn't have went any better. Do you know, um, everything went well. We had a good day. The weather was good. Um, do you know. They sat and they asked for us afterwards. You know, we provided food for them as well. Um, they were very good. You know, they they were. you know? Well, I know Roy anyway from playing with him. You know. Yeah. But like, um, that really was my first time eating Gary and Jamie, and they were, you know, they were they were solid. They are telling the truth. They were very nice, very down to earth. You know, we sat down the, we sat down and 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 you know, we just spoke about Roy for a while, and then we showed photographs of Roy when Roy was down there. And you know the boys, the, the boys are having a bit of banter with him and stuff like that. You know, Jimmy, they, no, they're no different than any other team than any, than any other Munster senior league, any other A.U.L. team. Do you know?
2: That's it, yeah. They, they're,
3: they're no difference. any need the lads there, just you know, like to take, um, like to uh, take the piss out of another, if you want to put it that way.
2: I suppose as well is the the fact that they're both, you know, from more north of England, let's say, obviously, they'd be, they'd be north-west, but, both Gary and Jamie, maybe they, that big Irish influence, they grew up around Manchester and Liverpool as well, they probably understand us a bit better over here because of that.
3: Yeah, I think so, I think so. We, like, um, I was in Liverpool, I was in Liverpool, you know, I was in Liverpool numerous times, but I was never in Bury, where, where Gary is from, and I, that's where, the croquet, that's where we shot the croquet there a couple of weeks ago, you know, and like that note it is, you know, it's you know, you know, just, um, what will I say? It is just, it is no different Ireland, really. Do you know, it is no different Ireland, and the people that we met over there in the croquet club, they were lovely people as well.
2: Yeah, you you did your best Paul Newman impression as well there. You hustled them a bit on the pool table uh, in St. Gomans Park.
3: Matt, ah, you know, and Rory, I'm I, sorry, Aidan, you know, I was lucky, I got lucky, I suppose, and I got, <laughs> yeah, we got lucky, and like, um, the way Cove went for me, the way Cove went for me, it couldn't have went any better personally for me, you know, because playing the pool, I wouldn't be, even even when I go in, I wouldn't be a pool player anyway, you know, and then hitting the crossbar challenge, so, you know, it all worked out well, like, you know, we got good banter out of that as well, you know, the boys got a good kick out of that as well, like.
2: Absolutely, you're well able to to perform in front of the
3: cameras. Yeah, uh, you know, as I say now, Aidan, I, I suppose it's probably beginner's look. Beginner's look it was. But, yeah, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. The lads enjoyed it. Uh, the the club, the club, I have to say, there's people down in Cove Rambler's Club and, and they enjoyed it. And, and Aidan like, I was, asked, I was asked at the AGM would I continue as Cove Rambler's Club ambassador? And I was more than happy to do that because, like, and people say to me, Aidan, like, Bob, look at all your afternoon for Cove Ramblers. But like what people don't realise is, look what Cove Ramblers are afternoon for Bob Dunovan. Do you know? Like, like, like I I can't forget that either. I went down to Cove. I went down to Cove in nineteen eighty six to play with Cove Ramblers from Avondale. Uh, and do you know the people of Cove took me to my it took me to their heart. Uh, and you know we we still have um I still have a good connection with them all below there and to his grand, grand to his trying to give something back
2: and I, I want to ask you a bit about your, your playing days and um, we'll get to them in just a second we, we'll just finish up I suppose on, on the actual show itself you already alluded to there um, but did you did you think back in 1989 when you were lining out with a young Ray Keane for Ambers that you'd end up in Barry playing croquet with him at some stage no no I didn't I didn't you know and just like Ryan myself kept in
3: touch all along through the years because um you know when you play when you finish your playing when you finish your League of Ireland career, you you go you know um, some people don't play anymore or the people go down to um, join other clubs and, and I joined Temple United. You know I joined Temple United up the Northside because I'm a, I'm from the Northside, and I joined Temple United and I played with a great Temple team, with, um, and th- three Roy's brothers were involved in that club. His three brothers were involved in that club, and, and when Roy. When Roy was with Forrest, Brian Clough was very good to leave him. You know, he Roy was able to come home for the hard weekend, and and he'd come to the Temple game. So, you know. It was out, he went from Cove over to Forest, and then he came back, and
2: he was up at the Temple game. So I came across him again at them games. Then you know, yeah. So that connection stayed there. Um, presumably, then, he, well, even well, on the on the show, at least. Anyway, when I'm watching that episode where you popped out of the the clubhouse in very even, Roy looked surprised. Was that a was that a surprise for them? Was it the producers that kind of smuggled you over to England as a surprise for the three lads?
3: Yeah, they asked me. They asked them um, when they, when you overlap got back in touch with me. They asked me would I. Um, could I keep it a secret? And I said, "Yeah, I said I would." And and I'm a man of my ward, so I kept it a secret. And and like you see the reaction, of the, you see the reaction of the lads. Just a great reaction, like you know, just a great
2: reaction. They're great lads, like they Did Did you have any hurling experience did that uh, lend lend itself to the croquet at all? <laughs> no,
3: no. Um, do you know, like it was just when we went to the croquet the, the, like the croquet you know um, it was just you know, it was a whole new experience it was a whole new experience and, and it was a great experience you know um, then the show in Manchester was on that night so we went to the show that night and then then after that we went back we went back afterwards then you know and like you're going back you're going back and, and you're being driven back there and you, you have you know you have Josh Denzel you have Kelly Cates you had Colin Moore you had Jamie Carragher, Roy Keane, Gary Neville, and myself—going back to you know, great company. I mean, you're pinching yourself. You're you're pinching yourself, and you're saying like, is, is this really happening? You know, yeah, is this really happening? And then and then and then and then you know, all the all the show, all the, all the the boys, sixteen who were involved in it as well—they're all lovely, you know. All lovely people that made me it made me feel so welcome when I when I met them when they came to Cove. You know, they they treated us very well you know
2: and like you know just just great to give something back yeah absolutely it, uh, anyone who hasn't seen it I I, I encourage uh, to go watch it it was a fantastic crack um, Bob you were named on the Cove Ramblers all time 11 as part of the centenary celebrations last year I suppose just tell us go back to when you joined Cove was it 85-86 uh, as you said um how many goals did you score altogether? I was trying to track down this figure. Obviously, it's alluded to in the in the show that you were very prolific up front for for Ramblers.
3: Yeah, um, as I said in the show as well, Aiden, like Like, um, I suppose my first year down in Cove was eighty. I think it was eighty six, eighty seven. And um, that time, at that time, it was the, the league. The league season was a uh, twenty seven games. You know, you would you would play each other three times. It was uh, ten teams, I think, and you. There was twenty-seven league games, and and that year I got I got sixteen league games. Or sorry, sixteen league goals. You know, I, and I think I think overall, I think I I don't know a figure offhand, but I think it was nearly nearly thirty goals during the, that season, my first season, between you know, King Cups and Munster Senior Cups. And you you left your impression, yeah. It was a good season. I I played with good players now as well. I have to I have to say that I played with great players, you know. Um, I, I, and I can't, I, I can't be naming names because I, I have friends. I'm still friends with every one of them, you know. But but like, I I I have to mention, I, I have to mention the great George Wilshire and the great Paddy Sharp because they were great friends. Mine and they passed on to a new life, you know. And, and they were very good to me when I was in Cove as well. You know, George was a local lad, and, and Paddy had a shop below there, you know. And they were great friends as well as everyone else, as well as everyone else. And I can't name them because you know I have. To <laughs> I not worth the resentment, and I have to face them at the games as well. And and also, also we keep in touch, and we usually go like we keep in touch, and we'd go for we go for a coffee, we go for a coffee every so often. I and mean, we about our our old days, you know, when we played together. We'd go off to the Lulu's cafe. In. Oh, there's a new cafe there in the lock. It's Lulu's. The staff in there are lovely, and we usually we usually gather there and have a chat and
2: a little coffee and a toasty sandwich, you know. And and the league back then as well. Like I, I'm always cautious sometimes to kind of glorify the crack everyone would have had because it takes away from the actual football, which was hugely competitive. At the same time, I imagine, as you said there, you do have very fond memories of playing for both City and Cove.
3: Oh yes, I I, I listen. I played with um, when I played with City as well. Yeah, I played in the FA Cup semi final. I, um, it was only recently there one one of the uh, a lad that I played with, with Saint Vincent's. I played a bit of hurling football with Saint Vincent's as well. And one of the lads over Saint Vincent's was telling me that um, the the last game that was played on Floor Lodge, if if um if he's right, it was he was telling me that it was um Cobra, oh, sorry, it was Coxley versus Shamrock Rovers in the second leg of the FBI Cup semi uh, final, and I had played in that. You know, Tucker Allen, Donnelly, he two great men again. You know, and Liam McMahon, I have to mention Liam McMahon down in Cove as well you know and Tucker Allen Donny he were the managers of Cork City at that time Greg you know do you know I made memories and friends for life Aidan through, through football you know, and all I'm doing all I'm doing all I'm doing
2: is giving back what I got you know absolutely I suppose tell us about the football scene in Cork at that time and obviously like we know how competitive it is now there's so many clubs and obviously then you have the two big League of Ireland clubs in Cork City and Cove Ramblers what was football like back in in Cork, in around the city and the county back in when you were playing?
3: Well, you had, I suppose, that time um, you had a month. You had a month. AUL, AUL. Like I remember, I remember um, my 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 last year. My la- I played schoolboys football with Shannon View. That was my school my schoolboys club, and, and you know. And not let give some great players there, like you know, there were some great players. Patsy Frano was a great player there, like Patty was unreal. I made the goalkeeper guy rest him; he's only had to pass in there. In the last couple of weeks, there Teddy McCarthy from Dunboyne, you know, the great, the great Teddy McCarthy, the, the legend Teddy McCarthy, you know, and, and Teddy there to us as well, you know. And then, then my last year, my my last year minor, my uh, Shannon viewer after um going out of existence and then my last year minor, I played with Castleview and I played with a man called Christy Lynch and I remember we went down to Cantork, we played Cantor in the EOH Cup and he said to me young fella he said uh, this is going to be the biggest cup that you're ever going to play in and it was the, it was the EOH Cup you know and it was the biggest junior cup in Cork at, at the time at the time but then but then I uh, like you had in you had amongst the senior league as well you know and you had there were some great players in the Monster Senior League as well. There were some great, some great clubs. Tramore Athletic were very strong at the time. Now would have been strong at the time. Uh, College Corinthians, College Corinthians were. Uh, um, from what I gather at the time, College Corinthians were after. um you know they they were they were? I don't know what they're longer on at the time, but they were very strong. They were very strong. They had great players. They had great players for as well, you know.
2: How did you uh, develop your, your goal-scoring instincts? Were there any main coaches or, or role models in particular that, that played a big part in your career?
3: Well, um, Eden, I suppose practice. Practice makes perfect. And, 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 a bit of, and a bit of luck as well. Like, I remember I remember when I, when, I was, when I was a young fella, when I was a young fella, like, I always had a ball in my hand. And I, you know, I still remember going, knocking on doors, for friends of mine to come out of it tours the night. To come out we go for a game of ball and they and they say I'd knock at their door and they say, We'd be out after the we'd be out top of the pops. Top of the I was never on top of the pop. <laughs> I was i like, I'd oh, give me a ball and, and they'd they'd come out, then I would be out i be practising on my own then. You know, I'd be out practicing on my own. And then and then when when it, you know, as a, as 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 we got older then, you know, when the when the when the lads we my own age group then were well, you know, they were going playing. like we played. We we played. Like, Aiden, we probably had. We thought we had nothing at the time, but we had everything. Do you know. Whereas now, whereas now, like it's 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 totally different. Aiden, now no, totally different with the kids growing up now. Like, like. When I'm down in Cove, I I was um, the liaison officer at one stage. I was the chairman of Cove Ramblers. I was the an officer in Cove Ramblers. I was on the coaching staff with with some of the underage teams, and 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 like like I can see I can see like when the games, some of the games, when they're finished, everyone just goes home. They go home. They, there's no like um, there's no look. It's, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. It's no, it's no. Um, oh, what, what will I say? It's it's no knocking anyone or anything like that. But that's the way it's gone. Whereas, whereas when I played, when I played with Cove ramblers every game, all the games were a Sunday afternoon. There was no floodlights that time in, in any day, in any, in any, in any League of Ireland grounds either. Not that like, uh, maybe maybe you had your Daly Mount Park you know, because probably the Irish senior team were playing there at times. And, and when I'm on, when I'm talking about international football there, uh, I just want to wish the Irish women the best of luck in there in Australia, for the World Cup. And, and and I hope I didn't. I only heard it today, and I was devastated when I heard it. I hope Denise O'Sullivan will be
2: okay. I know, yeah, yeah. It really was not the news we wanted. Yeah, and I
3: wish her the best of luck.
2: No, no, and I I, I hope she's okay.
3: And and, and I wish I, and I wish them all the best of luck. But like in that time. When we were playing, when we were playing with Down and Cove, you'd play you play Sunday afternoon. You'd 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 have your couple of pints after the game, and then you'd come back up to Cork, you know, for for a Cork lad. Now I'm I'm only speaking about myself. Then we come back up to Cork, and you'd have a couple of pints in 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 Cork, and then you might go to a nightclub. Then you might you might go to a nightclub. You get up the following morning, and your training was Tuesday and Thursday. And once you may train, once you may train Tuesday and Thursday. That's what I was of you, yeah, and that's what you've done. Whereas now, you know, like no, the players now are they're 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 like back then. In there were there were some great players, there, but no, the players are athletes now. The players are watching themselves. They're David, David. Like I presume in every club now, there's a dietitian. You know, they're given they're given a program. You whereas when I was when I was saying, you you come back to get fit. No, you're expected to come back fit
2: yeah do yeah.
3: you know it's all changed for the better uh, I, I'm I'm not um, I'm not quite sure it's you know, like, great to see kids looking after themselves and adults looking after themselves
2: but like the better of camaraderie has gone out of it it's a good point because even like I think in all sports at this stage whether it's football whether it's Gaelic games there of course there has to be a place for elite uh, the elite players um, Players and the the elitism of it, but I, I think we are starting to lose that kind of middle ground of people playing like that to keep fit and to have the crack as well. It's kind of all getting squeezed into the elitism uh, bracket, isn't it?
3: It is. It is a child. Like everyone is looking after themselves now. That's the way it's gone. Everyone is looking after themselves. Like you know, I remember. I remember uh, Liverpool played Ireland down Floor Lodge. You know, I remember Liverpool uh, played Ireland down Floor Lodge. And like, I had a good friend playing with the Irish team at the time, Cairn O'Regan. He went off to Brighton, he was a Brighton. And like, that time after after that game, everyone went into, everyone had a few drinks. Everyone went into uh, the Victoria Hotel afterwards. The nightclub was in there at the time. We all went in there and that was the norm at the time. But it's different now. It's different now. Changed times, but it's more professional. It's more professional now.
2: Just to just to wrap up, um Cove are going really well this year. Um obviously a big long trip tonight to up to Finn Harps, but um it looks like there's they're they're on for a, a playoff run. Um obviously there's a lot of water to go under the bridge yet and City are having their struggles as well in the Premier Division, but um I for, for Cork football, how great would it be to see both clubs in the top tier in the next couple of years hopefully if they can get it all together.
3: Well, that's the aim. that's the aim, Aidan. You know, like um, I hope Coxley can turn around. You know, I hope they can. Um, they seem to, they you know, they seem to put um, a couple of runs, a couple of results together, and then, and then you know, they they like in like they they went up and they drew with Shamrock Rovers. They went over and they drew with Sligo. These are games like they they probably they probably felt like losses to them in the end because of the way they played on the night. You know, um, for Cove Ramblers to be great for Cove ramblers to be in the Premier Division with with the big boys, but even for to go in the Premier Division with the big boys, you need big money. There's big money. This is big money, you know. The fund, like, it's it's a, like we had Coxley down in Cove last, uh, last year for a couple of games, you know, and, and we done okay against them. We did. We done okay against them. You know, we won them on the Senior Cup. But, like, the atmosphere and the, 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 the crack and the banter between the supporters was great as well, you know. Because, like, Cove Ramblers are playing. If if Cove like Cove Ramblers, were away last Friday night, and Cove Ramblers were at home. I I can see faces down in Cove coming down from the city. That would be Cork City supporters, but they come down and still support. This they are football people. They support football in Car.
2: That's it. Yeah.
3: They support support football in Car, and that's what we did You know, that's what we want. That's what we
2: need. We need the public to get behind board both, both Car clubs. And support them. Absolutely. Hopefully, that can be achieved over the next couple of years. would be massive for the city and the county. Bob, um, enjoy your renewed stardom and uh, thanks a minute for joining us on the bigger bench.
3: <laughs> okay. Thanks, Aidan. Thanks very much indeed. And again, I want to wish Ireland the best of luck in the World Cup and a and speedy recovery to the East
2: yeah, <clears throat> excellent stuff there Bob Donovan on uh, the overlap on tour and uh, about his playing days as well and uh, like I said it, it sounds like it's it's good news with Denise O'Sullivan she's in contention to be playing on Thursday anyway and uh, we'll have all the reaction next weekend to that big game against Australia on the bigger bench Carlos Alcaraz is the Wimbledon champion he's defeated Novak Djokovic three sets to two and took the last set 6-4 Excellent, excellent game on center court. The first time Novak Djokovic has lost on center court in ten years at Wimbledon. So it was a huge win for the young Spaniard. All right, that is it. Thank you for tuning in across the weekend. Green and red is on the way next.
0: Miss the show? Grab the big red bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks
1: Red FM. With sure
2: 72-hour non-stop protection. Tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. Noon with the Women in Sport Podcast, and we'll be back next.